Welcome back to another episode of Things My Friends Know. I'm your host, Lisa Lindenfelser, and I'm here to talk with my friends about their passions. In today's episode, we chat with Kendra, who runs the Instagram account Billy Speaks, about her journey teaching her 12-year-old cat how to speak using recordable buttons. Well, hello and welcome. And we're here today with Kendra. Kendra, so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be amazing. And this is a topic that I'm very passionate about. Um, So why don't we just start off by having you tell us a little bit about Billy, who's kind of the subject of this whole conversation. It's also, you know, my favorite topic of conversation. So let's get going. (laughs) Um, So Billy is a 12-year-old female domestic short hair, which is just fancy speak for a mixed breed cat um, in the United States. And it means she has short hair instead of long hair. She and I have been together for a little over 12 years now. Um, I got her in undergrad back in 2009. She... um, she ran across the road and caused a car accident. Um, mm. She was fine. She was chasing a, uh, a rodent of unusual size, little princess bride <laughs> reference for anyone who gets that. Um, and, and she did not catch the rodent, but I uh, jumped out of my car and grabbed her. Luckily, it wasn't my car that was in the accident. It was the other side of the street. So all around, good for me. <laughs> um, we, uh, we tried to find her home, and no one claimed her. And so she kind of just ended up staying with me. She was a very cute little kitten. I got her when she was about uh, around three months old. Oh, wow. And um, and she, you know, she kind of had a, a stupid little apple head. It was like quite large. Her ears <laughs> were on the side of her face and her eyes were way too big for her head. And she was super cute because of that. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, we've been together ever since. Oh my goodness. Well, that I mean, that's a crazy story. You were across the street, saw the accident happen, got out of your car and saved the cat. I'm assuming just leaving the humans to deal with their vehicles. Yeah, I didn't even check on them to be honest with you. I can't blame you there. Well, I mean, tell us a little bit about Billy's personality. I mean, I know a lot about her because I do follow you guys on Instagram. It's Billy Speaks, Billy with an I, in case any of our listeners aren't currently following. But tell us a little bit about Billy's personality. Billy is overall just kind of a dream cat. She is very relaxed. She enjoys my company in general. You know, before we started doing the buttons, I would have told you that she's she's easily trainable because she's extremely food motivated. Um, But I didn't, I I was not convinced that she was a particularly intelligent cat, which I know sounds absolutely terrible saying about your own animal, but she, you know, she was, she was always very motivated, but not one of the smartest felines I've encountered. Um, You know, she's not the kind of cat that figures out how to open doors or cabinets or get into things. She Mm -hmm. just, you know, she was, she was very easily positive reinforcement, training trainable so she you know she knows how to sit she knows how to shake she knows how to lay down those kinds of things because she really wants that food that you're gonna give her and she's (laughs) she's extremely excited about it and so she's like whatever you want I can figure this out but you know overall I just I I feel like I got extremely lucky with her she is she's not a cat that um kind of goes through your 
your typical freakouts that that people tend to think about with, with cats. Um, <laughs> you know, she doesn't she she doesn't lose her mind and attack me or anything like that. She really is just she's a relaxed, laid back little lady. Oh, that's amazing. So, I'm, tell us a little bit about her name. So it's Billy with an I. Like, did you have inspiration behind that name? No, I feel like I should have, but my roommates in undergrad actually named her Bill. And I was kind of like, all right, well, you know, we could, I guess I could have a female cat named Bill. That would be fine. But also Billy's cuter. So I just changed it to Billy because no one would stop calling her Bill. So, <laughs> um, so no, I wish that there was like a better story behind that, but I didn't even truly name her. Um, since, uh, you know, since starting, it, actually it was about two years after I named her, my sister was learning Hindi. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with like the Rosetta Stone setup where you click a picture and then it says the name mm. of um, when you're learning languages. Mm -hmm. But she clicked on the picture of the cat and the, the name for a cat in Hindi and a couple of other um, Indian dialects is Billy. Um, and they wow. say it it's pronounced slightly differently, which I'm not very good at the pronunciation, but it's it actually, actually her name in Hindi means cat, which is quite um, interesting. It's an adorable coincidence. And since starting her account, uh, we actually have quite a large following in India because everyone thinks it's really cute. <laughs> but um, the cat's name is Cat. So and it actually means female cat, interestingly enough. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. That is such a great story. And glad that you have your followers in India who are following Billy. <laughs> So, I mean, let's get into it. So you are teaching Billy to speak using recordable buttons that have, you know, you can record anything. You just press the record and then you say whatever you want to say. So you have things for Billy to actually communicate with you. Um, so tell us how you got into the space and what inspired you to try to do this with Billy. 100% inspired by Christina Hunger of Hunger for Words. And um, most people who, you know, have seen the talking animal trend going around, um, started with her mm -hmm. there's i think there's very few people who don't know who she is she's got like 5.3 million followers or something like that wow. it's like outrageous but she's a um, speech pathologist that was originally in california and she um you know from her story she works with nonverbal children using this aac technique the alternative and augmentative communication um, and one of the ways that they work with nonverbal children is with these recordable buttons. And it oh. gives them an outlet for speech that they would not otherwise have. Um, and so she, you know, kind of went on this initial journey of like, I wonder if it would work with my dog. And she got a puppy and she, um, it took off. And Stella is incredible. She has so many words. She's really, really good at this. And she's super cute. Adorable. And, and, and yeah, and so I started following Christina Hunger probably, gosh, I mean, very shortly after she started her account. She's been doing this for three years. Wow. So, you know, I've been kind of lurking and watching for a little while. And then during the pandemic, um, I, I typically don't work at home. But because of the pandemic, we had split shifts so that we had less people in the building at one time. And so I did have work from home days. And with that, I was spending a lot more time with Billy. And I was like, I wonder if this is something that, you know, we could do. And, and we started it. And, um, and she actually can do it. <laughs> um, my initial concern was just that she wasn't going to be heavy enough to press the buttons. Mm. But, um, but she, she is. So that's a common question I get. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of how we started. 
That's amazing. And um, I know the buttons that people typically start with are are those larger buttons um, that are, are quite large. But I know that you've switched to a smaller button, which I'm assuming is even easier for Billy to press. Yes. Yeah. They require an awful lot less weight um, to, to reach that threshold of depression. So definitely for people that, you know, are starting with either cats or with smaller animals, you know, there's a couple of guinea pigs and bunnies that are like starting this and there's like a there's a pea hen as well which I think is fascinating <laughs> oh my gosh really <laughs> yeah I haven't been able to find their social account but they are in the research study which I know we'll talk about later a little bit more um but you know it was really it was really difficult switching over from the big buttons which are made by learning resources and those are specifically made for humans you know mm-hmm. which is why they're a lot larger but when we switched over to the fluent pet setup you know we had to change location of the buttons and the buttons were smaller and they looked weird and so you know for anyone who's who's really looking at getting this started i would i would recommend staying with whichever button you start with it's possible to switch but it took us a number of months and, and billy was definitely confused and i oh, think wow. we would be even farther along right now if we hadn't switched over just because it it did take about three months of relearning things before she felt comfortable with these smaller ones. Wow, that's crazy. So, I mean, tell us a little bit, how how many buttons is Billy up to? What are some of her most frequently used words? She now has 38 buttons, which is absolutely insane. I never thought that we would get to this point. (laughs) Um, She, surprisingly, when I started this, I was convinced that her favorite word was going to be food, which (laughs) as an aside for anyone who is starting, um, I would recommend not starting with food, even though that's what I started with. Um, But, you know, surprisingly, she doesn't press food the most. She actually presses play the most, which for a 12-year-old cat is shocking to me. And, you know, I felt a little bit like one of the things that we've really gotten out of this is just so much more playtime. I never realized how much Billy still wanted to play because she doesn't initiate it with the typical cat body language of going after a toy, you know, or, or you know, running after me and, and play biting my ankles or anything like that. <laughs> so, you know, usually I would initiate play and she was always kind of mm, like lackluster at what I chose. But since starting this, since experimenting with different buttons for different toys, I've really figured out more of her preferences. And because of that, we play, I mean, constantly. I, I wake up 15 minutes early now just so that we can play in the morning because otherwise I'm late to work. <laughs> That's amazing. So I know that you have several different buttons because I do follow you on Instagram um, that bunny or bunny. Bunny, the dog, which is another animal that uses the AAC. Um, sorry, <laughs> the bees, they threw me off. I know, I know. <laughs> so I know you have several buttons to play that Billy likes to use. Um, tell us what are some of the common things that Billy likes to play with? Um, I, her favorite hands down is is Worm, which is a, you know, it's a teaser's toy and it's called Worm because it's just like this long fluffy thing that tapers at the end and mm-hmm. and it's attached to a wand and she goes absolutely nuts for it so that's that's definitely her favorite toy however we did just get a new toy for her well it's it's not actually a new toy she had it when she was a kitten and she loved it but when she got sick a couple of years ago we um we stopped playing completely and she i, I gave it to my sister because she had a kitten at that point so i ordered her another one and that's I have a feeling that that, that toy is probably going to overtake Worm here pretty soon. She's oh, wow. she's already requesting it. 
we named it Zoom Zoom because it doesn't actually have a name. <laughs> and that's one of those toys where it's like, it's like a little mat and it sits on top like a little bar that goes around in circles and it can be like random where it goes like back and forth, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, so it's just, a, it's a robotic wand toy. And, um, and you know, it's like Billy's favorite thing right now. <laughs> and it makes it easier on you because with Worm, you have the wand and you have to be moving it around. And with Zoom Zoom, you just press the button and it goes. It's definitely decreased the amount of times that I say play later because I'm in the middle of something, you know, even if I'm, she, I mean, she almost always asks to play whenever I'm brushing my teeth. And I don't know why that is, but she, for some reason is like, oh, mom's brushing her teeth. This is the time that I should talk about playing. <laughs> and usually I have to tell her later because I just, I don't have the dexterity to like brush my teeth at the same time as moving a wand around in the right way. And I end up like, you know, doing all these crazy arm movements. Um, so now I can just walk over to Zoom Zoom, turn it on, and she gets her playtime, and I get to brush my teeth in peace. <laughs> I'm sure your dentist appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, though, um, that she gets so excited to play during um, you brushing your teeth. Maybe she knows that that means that you're getting ready to go somewhere or do something, and so she's trying to, like, sneak in her time before you have to right, go to work. right. That's a, that's a very likely possibility. She for sure knows when I'm about to leave for work and she's like, hmm, what can I do to delay you? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, tell us a little bit about like the sentences and the phrases that Billy is putting together. Um, because I know with all of the different accounts that I follow personally, like um, they're not actual sentences like you and I are speaking right now. They're kind of shortened to remove some of the more complicated parts of speech like is and has and things like that, which like are, you know, if you think about it or not, 100% necessary for our ability to communicate. So like what are some of the phrases that Billy uses? She definitely is as few words as possible to get her point across for sure. We have, we've recently been working on like sentences in quotation marks because you're right they're not full sentences as you would associate it with true grammatically correct English um but she you know she is starting to pair together two to three words at a time um which is really fascinating to watch and and especially adding those things that may or may not be you know, 100% necessary for me to understand her intent. So for example, instead of just pressing play now, she'll press want to play or Billy play. And, and that's, you know, that shoe the cat probably seems a little bit superfluous. She's probably like, oh, I don't understand why I have to do this. But <laughs> I, you know, I continuously model it that way. And so it's, it's kind of neat to see her incorporating those, those filler words, I guess, into her speech pattern. So, so yeah, it has been, it has been really cool. Her favorite combinations are, pr it's probably right now play food because we recently introduced a whole bunch of puzzle, puzzle feeders and she's like, oh, this is neat. My two favorite things together. And um, so play food, definitely. I hear a lot. Um, look pets or mom pets happens a lot. She will say mom before a lot of things. And I think it's because it gets my attention and makes me come over. Mm -hmm. So, um, so mom is paired before a, a lot of different things. She sometimes makes surprising combinations. Um, you know, one time she, um, she pressed catnip bunny and I was very confused about that, but she went up to her, her beaver toy, which is not a bunny, but it is filled <laughs> with catnip. And she, you know, started playing with it after she pressed those buttons. So we, you know, we, we jokingly said she named her beaver a catnip bunny. Um, so now I don't have a beaver toy button. I just have a catnip bunny and we add those together. Um, so, you know, some of those are cool. As far as 
interesting sentence structure. One thing that I have noticed, especially with Billy, but I see it in some of the other animals that do this, is that her, her syntax is different than what I model. So, you know, if I was going to model something, I would say, um, want catnip or Billy want catnip. And Billy will press catnip want. And so she kind of inverts it. And it is mm. really fascinating to see it be um, consistent because it is, it is in no way what I model or the, you know, the, the sequence that I model for it. You know, this morning she is, she's unfortunately not feeling so well today. Um, and this morning she, um, she called me over by saying, mom, Billy, look which to me for English would mean Billy's looking at something. Hmm. But what she wanted was for me to look at her vomit, which, you know, was exciting and gross at the same time. <laughs> um, so she, you know, like a little kid just being like, mom, I don't feel well, look at me. And, um, and, and that was a, a weird way of, of, of putting the sentence together, but it definitely in her mind was like, look at Billy. And that means Billy look. Wow. I mean, do you have any personal theories about why, especially because you are modeling it more how humans speak, like Billy want treats or Billy want play or whatever. Do you think there's any reason that you have in your mind for why she kind of inverts it and puts want at the end? I wish I had a theory. I mean, I am, <laughs> I'm not a speech language pathologist and I would be really interested to hear Christina Hunger's like take on on that reason for it because mm-hmm. I have heard from multiple people that different different languages as well as American Sign Language that's how the the syntax actually is oh, is wow. reversed from the way that it is in spoken English so uh, you know languages like a lot of um, uh, East Asian languages so like Japanese I believe someone told me Korean I think maybe Cantonese I might be wrong about that one but definitely a lot of those different languages the it's the reverse so they would say something like catnip want rather than want catnip and and yeah I recently had someone tell me that American Sign Language is also that way you know I, I speak Spanish and Indonesian and neither of those languages do it but I completely trust these people that are, <laughs> that are telling me these things I haven't actually personally looked into it but <laughs> that's crazy and I I think um you have come up with a nickname somewhat recently for Billy that has really taken off with your followers. Tell us a little bit about that nickname and why it's so significant. I wish I could take credit for that, quite honestly. It was actually a YouTube comment. So Gloria87 gets the biggest internet cookie for this one. <laughs> um, so yeah, she she came up with her mad justy, so M-A-D-J-E-S-T-Y, um, <laughs> which I think that I laughed for about 20 minutes straight about it. And then I was you know, really mad at myself for not coming up with it because it's just so perfect for her. Um, and you know, it's just because Billy's, Billy's prior favorite button has really been the mad one. <laughs> I, you know, I joke with people that she, she has known the word mad for her entire life and it has just been you know, she's just been waiting for the ability to say it to me. It took, I think, three modeling attempts for her to learn the mad button. And this was, it was her third button. So it was really fast. And, and, you know, she just latched onto it. And you can see when she presses the mad button, it's just like her entire being goes into it. And it's usually coupled with like a glare at me. So I, she puts a lot of emotion into it. 
obviously all of this is anthropomorphized like crazy, but <laughs> I, I think it's hilarious. Um, so yeah, so she has been dubbed Her Majesty by her followers, and we have kind of taken it over, which, um, which you know, I, I, I love having the followers for this reason. Like they just, they make all of this so much better, and and um, and I just love how much they all love Billy. It's incredible to watch. Obviously, I think Billy is special, but it's really neat to hear it from a whole bunch of other people. Like your cat's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean. <laughs> One of the things that you've talked about a lot in the conversation so far is this idea of modeling. So to help Billy understand words, I'm assuming you do things like when you give her a treat, you know, you press the treat button or the food button or whatever it is. So um, how did you model Mad? I um, Pablo and I had talked about this pretty extensively when you first put Mad into the mix, which was very early on. Because I was like, you know, how do you show that you're mad at something um, when <laughs> you're trying to teach that to someone? Yeah, so, you know, just to back up a little bit, the modeling that we're talking about mm -hmm. um, is this, this kind of quote unquote training is not positive reinforcement behavior. It's not teaching them to press the button. It's, it's modeling language in the way that you would with like a human child that is first learning they pick up on language just by hearing it and matching it with your actions or with the circumstances surrounding it. And that is how people learn language, similar to, you know, an immersion experience for a foreign language. If you are in a foreign language for long enough, you will learn that language. Mm -hmm. It might not be perfect, but you will learn it. So yes, some of the action words are significantly easier to model. Things like pets, food, outside, something that has a direct action associated with the word. Those are, those are really easy. So she presses outside or when I'm modeling it, I press outside and then we go outside. Mm -hmm. And after a certain number of modelings, um, she associates that specific button with that consequence. And and then you get to kind of the more abstract words and and it is kind of that question of like how do i how do i explain mad to a cat you know <laughs> especially because if you talk to kind of traditional behaviorists you know cats don't animals in general don't feel the human emotions the way that we do oh and i think that while we can't say that they feel anger they feel happiness i think that it is extremely elitist to say that they don't feel those. I think the best way of saying it is that we don't know the kinds of emotions that they experience. So, you know, I, I do want to make it clear that, that a lot of this is very anthropomorphized and I make these emotions as a human would mm -hmm. experience them um, and then model them in situations that may be displeasing to a cat. So for Mad, the way that I modeled it, was when I would um, take her off of my lap. She likes to sit on my lap when I'm sitting down and we cuddle. Mm -hmm. When I would take her off my lap before she was ready to get off my lap, she gets really angry about it. <laughs> and I would always press mad after that. Or um, when I tell her food later, I modeled um, <laughs> the bad button, which I quite honestly is probably the reason she picked it up so fast because that's a frequent modeling <laughs> event for us is food later. And then she would, you know, be upset about it. And I would say, is Billy mad? and model the button. So really it only took a couple of those of those times. It was just three, I think it was two food instances and um, the taking her off my lap once. And she pressed mad right after I took her off of my lap um, the fourth, like wow. when I was gonna model it for the fourth time. And, and then she would not stop pressing it. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
her majesty. <laughs> yes, exactly. She was, you know. <laughs> um, so, so the other abstract buttons are kind of like that. You know, you take happy eye, model happy when she's showing signs of pleasure. So when she's getting pets or when she's outside or when she's getting food or when we're cuddling, you know, those are all times when a cat is, is quote unquote happy. Love You was a little bit harder because then you run the risk of making her think that Love You means whatever that situation is. Yeah. So with Love You, I modeled, it, I modeled it, I mean, really constantly. It was whenever I was feeling love for her, which is Aww. pretty frequent. Um, so, you know, I'd give her food. I'd tell her that I loved her. I would cuddle her. I'd tell her that I loved her. Before I left for the day, I would, you know, give her a little kiss and say, I love you. Um, for I love you, I did also couple it with um, slow blinks and eye contact because that is um, kind of feline behavior for um, affection and trust. That's oh. how they show that they are, are comfortable with another human or with another cat. Um, so if you see two cats kind of cuddling with each other, they will look at each other and, and do these really slow blinks at each other. So I did couple it with that. How much you know, that actually got across to her. I don't know, but it is part of the way that I chose to model I Love You. Um, so yeah, those are some of the ones that we have right now. Um, and then and then we moved on to, um, to time, which mm. has also been a little bit challenging. And, you know, I had the later button way back when, and it was kind of a self-preservation technique because she just <laughs> kept asking for food. And I was like, all right, I need... I need to be able to tell her like this isn't going to happen just because you're requesting it. <laughs> so I added the later button, you know, back in. We've been doing this for almost a year, so I added it probably about two and a half to three months after we started. And I only recently added soon and now. And while doing that, I realized that you know English is horrible, and <laughs> the distinction between soon and later is like so arbitrary mm -hmm. and you, you know you ask anyone what the difference is and they're going to be like well soon is sooner than later and it's like what does that even mean <laughs> like how do you how do you model that right <laughs> so I kind of you know I have a couple of videos of me trying to figure it out it was not easy and I screwed up a lot I definitely confused her for sure mm. um and I eventually just came up with this arbitrary assignment that for Billy later is anything beyond 15 minutes and soon is any time in that 15 minutes. And that is just so that I can consistently model these things. You know, she doesn't know time, obviously. She's right. not sitting there staring at the clock and going, oh, it's been 15 minutes. You don't mean soon, mom, you meant later. <laughs> but she's definitely figured out that soon is sooner than later because sometimes I'll say later and she'll be like, soon? <laughs> no, mean, you mean soon? And um, and so so that those have been a little bit tricky, but she seems to have figured it out. And then the most recent button I added was now. Um, and, and that was mostly just so that we could tell her the difference. It doesn't now doesn't really help me out at all, but it helps to solidify the difference between now, soon and later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's complicated. And like, especially when we think about something weird and arbitrary, like time that humans invented, um, like in terms of like measuring when something is happening, it definitely makes sense that you would want that comparison now versus later. There's a clear difference between those two things. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that you would want something to contrast later versus now versus soon, um, because then she'll know the difference. 
Exactly. And, you know, uh, Bunny, the dog, who um, a lot of people know, she has a, a huge following and she's she's up to like 80 buttons or something like Which that. So she's super smart. Her mom um, is teaching her time kind of in a different way. And she added morning, afternoon and night. Mm. And it's really fascinating to watch Bunny try and figure it out. Um, she has a, a number of videos of, of Bunny, you know, clarifying like now is afternoon and and mom being like, no, now is night. And like looking at her and like, you can kind of see the wheels turning and then she'll be like, now night and like confirms it. And it is, it's quite fascinating. So I don't think Billy's quite there yet, but I, I you know, it's definitely a future direction. Yeah. And, it, and, and I mean, in the space that you're at, Billy understands later means not right now, <laughs> which helps you, especially when she wants to play or when she wants food play and it's not time to do those things. Exactly. It makes my life a little bit simpler. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you know, you mentioned um, Bunny. What about Bunny is her handle on Instagram for those who are interested. And um, Bunny has been going through a lot of like existential conversations recently where she's like, what is dog? Like, what is human? Why am I dog? Why are you human? And it, it's been really, really funny to watch those conversations happen because especially with the limited vocabulary that Bunny has, I mean, even 80 buttons, if we think about how many words I've just used in this short sentence like is probably almost close to that like it's been interesting to watch her grapple with how she co- explains like why am I a human versus why are you a dog <laughs> right yes I agree I have been watching them with my jaw open like it's just so fascinating to watch Bunny you know ask these questions that like toddlers actually start asking right like they you know they get into that phase of either what does this mean or why is this a thing? Yes. And isn't it like, I don't have kids, isn't it like three years old where they tend to ask why consistently where it's just like everything <laughs> is a why question and they're just trying to figure the world out. So it's really cool to watch watch Bunny kind of go through that same phase. Yeah, she's she's amazing. Yeah, she she is. I one of my favorite videos of Bunny was she got really upset um, about a sound outside because there were seagulls on their deck. They live near the water, and um, she, <laughs> her owner let her go out and chase the birds away because she was mad. She was mad that the seagulls were there. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the research project that you're a part of. Um, What is that research project? How did you get involved with it? Like, what are the goals of of the initiative? It is absolutely fascinating. So when I first started this, I didn't know that there was a research component to it. Um, But it it started mostly because of Bunny and her mom. Um, You know, they they reached out um, to the the owner and founder of the buttons. Um, So the the man who made these fluent pet buttons and put them together, uh, Leo Trottier, he he put together this kind of research project with UC San Diego in their comparative linguistics department. And they have about over 800 participants right now. So they're, yeah, there's a lot of people. It covers about 40 different countries. They have, you know, languages across the world. Um, There's a couple of languages that I hadn't even ever heard of. So it's really neat that we're going to be able to kind of compare. So it's not all these animals are are using English even, which is a question I get a lot on these buttons is, you know, they're recordable. So you can you can teach your dog in whatever language you want to. Um, <laughs> the majority of the participants are canines. Um, and then 
from there, there's a subset that are felines, but they're definitely underrepresented. I think like over 90% are dogs. Wow. Um, and then there's about 1% that are kind of a, in the other category. And so there's, there's a couple of horses, there's a pig, there's the peahen that I mentioned earlier. I think there's a couple of rabbits and guinea pigs. So definitely people are branching out. I don't think anyone's done birds yet. They're quite light. I think, I don't know if you'd have to get like, I think a pretty big parrot to be able to, to yeah. press these buttons down anything smaller than that probably wouldn't be able to get the weight up there um but yeah so they're you know they're in what they call phase one right now which is just observational so it is a participant driven observation where they send us these surveys every two weeks and we kind of fill out what our learner has pressed what frequency what we have interpreted it to mean you know are they asking for something are they narrating are they speaking for another animal which billy doesn't have another animal in the house but a lot of other um, participants have seen instances of either their animal speaking for another animal or speaking to another animal so that's really really neat and and yeah and so they're they're compiling all this data they're going to do it for at least six months and then they're going to release the initial publication just with observational data after that they're going to move on to phase two which is 24 7 video monitoring of participants that choose to 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 enroll in phase two of it um and then phase three they haven't even really thought about but it's probably going to incorporate you know some more prospective work where they're, you know, asking the participants to do specific things to see what the animal does at that point. So really cool stuff. I'm so happy to be, you know, involved. We do research calls every, every little bit, usually like every month or six to eight weeks or so. And they kind of give us an update on things. There's, um, there's definitely stuff that they don't tell us because they want to keep everyone kind of blinded to a certain aspect and they don't want to direct the research in any way especially when you're doing observational stuff you don't want to dictate what the participants are doing because then you you take away all of the power of the observational study Mm -hmm. um so there's i'm sure there's things that they're looking at specifically that you know we as participants have no idea that that's actually what they're looking into but we'll go through you know video submissions with uh the, the the head of the research study and he will kind of, he does a section that he calls like, that's interesting. And he'll, he'll kind of interpret a video and just be like, this is what's really cool about this one, because it's something that hasn't ever been shown in, you know, comparative linguistics before, or like this action, it really seems to indicate that the animal is, is definitely, you know, interested in the, in the owner or definitely like using this word as, as what it means. So it is, it is kind of, cool to see and I'm very excited to kind of get that initial publication especially because you know I'm skeptical like I I am a scientist I um you know you get a lot of people one way or the other that are like oh she definitely knows what she's saying or oh she has no idea she's just pressing random buttons (laughs) and you know the answer is like we don't really know and I think that right now with the information we have we can't say definitively one way or the other whether she understands or doesn't understand Um, All we can really say is, does she use this particular word in the correct context consistently? And I I think that, you know, from the videos that we're seeing, the answer to that question is, yeah, for a lot of the animals, it really does seem consistent and repeatable. Yeah, which is, uh, which is amazing. And, you know, it makes sense, because like, even if we think about, you know, take away the buttons completely, 
like dogs always know the word outside you always see those videos on social media where it's like you know one of those silly things where it's like say your dog's favorite word and see what they do so even without buttons we know that animals are capable of understanding at least what you know, certain words that we're trying to communicate. So now it's just a matter, like you said, of like how they put these words together and are they using them in the appropriate context? Yeah, and showing intent is definitely something that I feel like the research study is 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 going to be able to do because they have so many participants. Yeah. You know, me, I look at Billy and I just, I have an N of one and you can't really come to any, you know, serious conclusions when you're just looking at one cat um, but you put over 800 animals together and if you're getting consistent results, then you can speak to intent a little bit more. Yeah, which is fascinating. So you mentioned that um, phase three of the research initiative that you're currently participating in is having 24-7 footage. And and one of the things that I've noticed about your posts on social media is that there's clearly a camera somewhere, actually maybe even two cameras somewhere within your house that are constantly recording the button area where Billy goes to press buttons. So uh, tell us a little bit about this. Like, why did you decide to put the camera up? Like, what was your, you know, original intention? around that and and just tell us about that yeah i i do have a motion activated camera it's stuff it's one of those that's just used for like security systems oh okay um, i did a, i did a lot of research about um which one of those had the best sound quality because probably the worst thing about those motion cameras is the sound quality on them is not yeah. ideal um so i which i landed on this one i had a different one before and i was getting a lot of complaints about noise uh, noise quality so I, I did some research and I got this one and I set it up. And the main reason that I did it is because I am really terrible at pulling out my phone at the right moment. Yeah. And I was finding that I was missing all of these instances of Billy speaking, um, especially when she's the one that initiates conversation. You know, and if I'm in the other room and I miss something, then and I can't hear her, um, then I don't know how to respond to her and I don't know how to model that that um, interaction because. Mm-hmm. You know, she could have pressed a random button and I'm never going to be able to guess. But if I can look back at the footage, uh, then I can say, oh, you pressed this button. Okay, let's keep going with whatever that conversation was going to be. So, you know, it was partially for the social media aspect of things, but it was also for the consistent modeling portion of things. I don't, the last thing I want to do is ignore her when she uses a button. I want to respond consistently to her. Um, Otherwise, you know, eventually they just lose interest if they're not getting an interaction when they use the buttons. Um, so it can happen every once in a while, but if it's consistently me being like, what, huh? Like, I don't know what you said. Then, um, then, you know, we're not going to get very far. So yeah, we set that up. Um, it is, it's quite strange. And I, um, you know, I, obviously everyone hates seeing themselves on video. So like that was a, that was a learning curve for me too, to just kind of like block out me and just focus on Billy when I was editing things. Um, uh, and then, you know, I'm pretty sure that every single one of my followers is like, she only wears sweatpants or her work uniform. And like, that's not wrong. Um, so, so unfortunately you also like really get a glimpse into like how infrequently I wear normal clothes in a pandemic when I just go to work and stay at home. Um, but but yeah, it's been, I think it's been nice to have that um, as an extra thing. I think the video quality is much better when it's on my phone camera, especially yeah. because people see Billy's face and can, you know, really interact and, and it gives you like a much closer look. It's just that I would miss so much of it. Um, yeah. Bunny's mom is like amazing at getting her camera out. And I just, 
I don't, I don't know how, like I cannot train myself to do it. So that's obviously <laughs> a personal failing, but. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely wouldn't call it a failing. I, I especially because I feel like um, with Bunny in particular, she sometimes stands near the buttons for quite a long period of time before she starts pressing things or doing things. And I feel like in the videos that I've seen of Billy, like she's running to the, the buttons and pressing the exact button that she wants. So that doesn't give you a lot of reaction time, especially because your buttons from the videos I've seen are kind of in between like your living room and then a hallway to somewhere else. So like it's a very like area where she could just be walking by the buttons. How And how would you know that? Yeah, definitely. And you're absolutely right. She does tend to beeline for the specific button that she wants. Um, and <laughs> she knows she what she wants to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, she doesn't need to, you know, deliberate anything. She's like, I know what I want. And so she'll walk up and she'll press one. And then, you know, sometimes she does these, these thinking circles where she'll press one button and then she'll take a lap and then she'll come back and she'll press another button and she'll take a lap. So that's, that's really interesting to kind of see the difference because, you know, I don't, I don't see a lot of the dogs doing that thing. So yeah. I don't know if that's a Billy specific thing or if that's a cat thing. Um, I, I, I haven't noticed it specifically with some of the other cats that I follow. Um, so it might just be the way that Billy, you know, paces kind of like some people pace on the phone when they're yeah. talking, but it, it does make recording difficult. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, one of the things that you have semi-recently been called out for um, from your followers is you actually put closed captions on your videos that you post on Instagram. And one of the things that you do um, is you have a really good way of kind of typing out what the different meows and sounds are from Billy. <laughs> I guess it's a, it's a talent that I had no idea was going to be so useful. Um, you know, I... <laughs> Maybe it stems from before the buttons, like, you know, I would meow back at Billy because that's what <laughs> every good cat lady does. Um, and I would, you know, I would mimic her. So I guess that I just got really good at figuring out exactly how the different sounds sounded like. <laughs> Uh, it's really funny, especially because, you know, like, you're right, every cat does have their different unique sounds, and you just have a really good way of spelling those out in in the <laughs> oh, subtitles and the captions. I always really enjoy them. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. So you mentioned this earlier about, um, you know, people not necessarily believing that Billy really knows what she's saying when she's pressing these buttons. Um, so, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Have you had a lot of haters on your account? And like, how do you respond to these people when they have such negative feelings about the work that you and Billy are doing? Yeah, you know, actually, we definitely have. But I will say that the majority of the feedback that we receive on most platforms has been overwhelmingly positive. And it is, it's, it makes it so that it's actually nice to read through the comments. Uh, we do have a lot of naysayers. I don't I guess a lot is relative. I think that it's definitely the minority of people that are commenting and they are, are negative comments. And it kind of ranges from either light skepticism of like, how can you really say that she knows these things mm -hmm. to very mean comments that, you know, people either attack me or Billy. Wow. Um, and the, the ones that are on the extreme end of the spectrum are definitely a lot harder to read and deal with. And yeah. when I first started, I definitely, it, it got to a point where I was kind of like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Like, I don't know how people, if they have more of these people even commenting, like, I don't know how people can handle it. It was wow. not something that was great for my mental space. And so 
the way that I deal with it now is if the comment is mean or offensive or hateful, then I just delete it. And, you know, they don't, it's my page, it's my space. They don't get to say anything on it. And it helps me to just that, that helps my mental health of just, this is gone, not even going to think about it. It doesn't deserve any of my time. Yes. So you know, that on the extreme end of the spectrum, that's how I deal with things. Um, the people who are more like either have questions or, you know, even if they're just like, I'm skeptical, I usually will respond to them and I'll say like, me too. You know, I am because I am skeptical. I think that skepticism is extremely healthy. You know, I, I try to make a really good point of saying frequently that this is all kind of unproven science. I'm not claiming that Billy knows English. Um, yeah. You know, it's kind of a, it's it's more of just me putting this video out there of things that I do with my cat and offering my interpretation and making sure that everyone knows that, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of anthropomorphism involved in this, but that, you know, we're just waiting on the research study. And at the end of the day, I started this because it's really great enrichment. And I, I'm very passionate about making sure that cats have enriching lives. You know, they frequently indoor house cats are just they don't have anything to do and they sleep all day. And that's, um, you know, that's sad to me. So I want to make sure that Billy lives the most fulfilling life that she can while staying safe as an indoor cat. And she seems to enjoy working with the buttons and I enjoy it. And so at the end of the day, that's all that really matters to me. And we'll keep doing this as long as Billy wants to. And we'll keep progressing as long as Billy is interested. And, um, and, and, you know, and I'll, keep doing the social media stuff as long as people are interested too. But, um, but you know, the social media aspect was definitely not my, my primary goal with this. My primary yeah. goal was so that Billy could have something else to do in her day to day. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. So, you know, thinking about Billy participating in this and Billy having fun using the buttons and being able to communicate, do you, do you have any personal goals for Billy? Um, like, do you have a plan of like what word do you hope to add next to the board or what you'll hope she'll start using eventually? Like, do you have goals that you're working toward? I think I have loose goals. Um, all of this is so dictated by Billy. You know, I never want to push her too much. Obviously, learning is sometimes frustrating, you know, yeah. but ultimately, even frustrating learning is rewarding. And, and, you know, knowledge, both if you're a human or a cat is is always enriching, even if it's not, you know, enrichment doesn't always have to be like super positive, it can be frustrating, and you'd still get enrichment out of it. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I want to keep going with this as long as Billy seems to be picking it up and using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, I add buttons kind of when she shows me that the one that I just added is in her repertoire. And I have been really, I think, probably more cautious about adding buttons too fast than I really need to be. Um, I'm sure I could add more at once at this point, and she would probably be fine. The most that I've added at one time has been two. Mm. And there hasn't been an issue with that. Um but I do have a loose list in my mind of, oh, this could be fun to add. A lot of them come up just from situational stuff, though. You know, like we got the new toy and so we needed a Zoom Zoom button. Or, <laughs> um, you know, we, I, I was trying to figure out how to delineate what sooner rather than later was. And so she got a soon button. So, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the words are added because of certain circumstances where I realized that this would be helpful. Yeah, I, I mean, that makes total sense. 
So um, I do have one of our regular listeners, Jenna, who is a friend of Pablo and I. She is super obsessed with your account and Billy <laughs> loves following you guys. I actually invited her to come be on the show with us because she was so excited you were going to be on the podcast, <laughs> but she was too nervous. So oh, I know she should have come. <laughs> <laughs> one of the questions that she had for you, which is totally unrelated to the buttons and AAC and, and Billy communicating is how did you train Billy? to walk on a harness <laughs> that's actually a really frequent question that we get um so you know cats are definitely not your typical leash walkers right we start dogs really early but most people are like that's not even a thought that comes into their mind that they should leash train a cat mm-hmm. um so it's kind of, it's kind of, it's going to be similar to kind of how you do it with a puppy when you first put a harness and a leash on a puppy they're kind of like what is this thing do i lay down with it like do i roll what do you mean i have to walk in this direction um, so there's, there's a lot of similarities. There are a couple of differences. Cats are for sure meanderers rather than like a straight walker the way that a dog would be. So just taking into account their differences, um, in behavior, but, uh, you know, we started early with Billy. I put the harness on indoors, you know, for about five minutes the first time, made sure that I fed her while she had it on. We did little tiny movements, just with the food as the motivation. And then we took it off. And then we got a lot of food afterwards. And there was, you know, we always made sure that the harness was a really positive thing. And once she was comfortable with just having the harness on, I attached the leash to it and we would just sit outside. And I would let her dictate where we went in the yard. I didn't try to take her for long walks or anything like that. And, and, you know, with that, she built confidence with walking in a harness, walking on a leash, understanding that, you know, that leash only goes so far and not freaking out when that leash doesn't let her go where she wants to go. <laughs> um, and then, and then we just keep adding things and we'd go, you know, a little ways in the yard and then we'd go a little ways up the street. And she eventually got to the point where, you know, we can go for, catwalks which is in quotation marks um which are not it's not a dog walk like a dog goes outside and they're kind of like I want to keep walking I'm gonna smell this tree for a second but I definitely want to keep going cats are very much like no I could probably spend about five minutes in this one spot what you want to keep moving no I'm fine right here like this is no this spot and so you do have to have a little bit of a realistic expectation on what your walks are actually going to be like sometimes Billy is beelining for things and she's like I really do just want to walk but sometimes we go about 12 feet outside of our house and she's like this is the concrete that I want to lay on (laughs) I've been looking forward to this concrete all day (laughs) and we spend 30 minutes there Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, um, Kendra, before we wrap up, is there anything else you you want our listeners to know about you, about Billy, about the buttons, about anything? Gosh, you know, we've covered so much. Um, I think just you, Billy has, she is an older lady and she does have a couple of chronic conditions that we manage. So, you know, for our, our viewers, I try to make sure that everyone is aware of her prescription diet. Um, you know, she's got, she's got chronic kidney disease. She has um, uh, inflammatory bowel disease. So her diet's really important for that. Um, and she also has something called feline hyperesthesia syndrome, which is why you see her back and her tail twitch so frequently. So, you know, all of those things are, are added together. They're all low level, mild chronic conditions that are really well managed, but mm-hmm. I just want people to know that she is really well taken care of. And, and, <laughs> and a lot of these things are known and it's just, it's just management at that point. 
So, so yeah, if anyone has any questions about any of the disease processes, then, you know, let me know and I'm happy to talk through them. Well, Kendra, we really appreciate you being here today. This has been fascinating. I have learned so much, even in all of the months and probably almost a year that I've been following you on Instagram. It's just been (laughs) such a joy having you on. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. I'm so excited that you asked me to come on. (laughs) Yes, we're we're so happy to have you and you and Billy are welcome back anytime. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Things My Friends Know. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts.